Welcome back to Chit Talk, where we talk about really good shit. My name is Annika. And my name is Rithu. Follow us on our socials, here to Chit Talk and Instagram for sneak previews, audio clips, and more. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Chit Talk, my friends. Welcome back. Another week, another topic. I don't know about you. Annika, are you a huge believer of soulmates? I don't know. I'm not Mm. too sure. I'm on the fence. Um, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of um, having that one person that you're destined to be with, you know, that you're fated Mm. to be with for the rest of your life and the rest of eternity. But Mm. I feel like there are some cases where I look in, um, I look back on the past relationships that I've had, as Mm. well as the, the family members that I have. And especially my grandmother who has, um, She hasn't remarried, but she's found a new partner and she's just so much happier with that person. But Mm -hmm. I think there, you know, there is not one single person for you out there. I think Mm -hmm. if the time comes and if you have to go your separate ways for whatever reason it might be, I think that there's still a person out there for you. I mean, heck, there's like 7 billion people out there. So that's true. (laughs) One of them's got to be for you or two. Yeah, it was crazy because like if you had asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said like a hard no. I would have been like, there's like, I'm sure there are soulmates. I was always a believer that like people have more than one soulmate. I definitely Mm -hmm. believe that because there are 7 billion people in this world. Like that is for sure. Um, But I, I think that over time, what I've learned is that different people are around for different seasons of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, as you grow and you develop and like as much as I hate to say it like the bad people that came through my life really helped me develop into the person that I am today Mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say that they were my soulmate but they really changed me Mm -hmm. um and yeah I mean like I still you know the romantic in me is still very much like I think there are soulmates I think that like, I think you and I are soulmates, but like in a different way. You a know? very platonic way. Yeah. And <laughs> a I very think, platonic way. Yeah. And I think that's the case. I do believe that there can be soulmates in, you know, a friendship way or in the way that help you build your experiences and help you like, you know, um, yeah, become a, a new person, like, you know, help you become a, a different person in a different chapter of your life. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case, but I don't think there has to be solely um, solely, haha. Um, <laughs> romantic soulmates. I think there definitely can be um friendship ones too. The reason why I say, or I, I would have said before, that I vehemently oppose the idea of like there not being romantic soulmates is the fact that like it's so weird because I see my parents mm-hmm. and like I think about their relationship and all of the things that they've been through. And I think about the fact that my mom's been with my dad longer than she's been alone, which is like crazy to even think about. Wow. Um, like my mom, she's 50, 56. Um, mm-hmm. And she met my dad when she was 14. And they've been together oh my for that long. <gasps> wow. And like it's it's they've been through so much and they've experienced so much in their lives together. Mm-hmm. that even if they drive each other crazy sometimes like I just can't imagine anyone for them except each other mm-hmm. and they're a great example of like how a long-term relationship should look and so I oftentimes like I look at that and I'm like how can I not believe in soulmates right you know I see that in front of me and I'm like how can I not believe in that <laughs> Yeah. And that's, that's interesting because I can definitely say the same from parents as well, because my parents are still together, thankfully. And, you know, I see them argue from time to time, but they're always still drawn together. Um, And I know that I'm not like the sole reason for them sticking together because I've moved across the world to do my own thing and live here on my own in Vancouver. So I know that I'm not like the piece that's holding them together. They're really and genuinely enjoying their relationship together. And that makes me so happy. But also looking at the relationships that my grandmother on my dad's side has had with um, my biological grandfather, like that was, um, or, or so I've heard was very toxic. And so 
this didn't end well at all. And so they got a divorce. And then recently, well, recently in like the past 12 years, she has found a new partner and her and now my grandfather, I called him um, grandpa or um, Gerald. He's such a lovely, lovely man. And he's done so much for my grandmother. And the fact that she was able to find this other person Mm -hmm. um, besides my biological grandfather, who was able to just support her and be there for her and cherish her and you know, create so many beautiful memories together. And now they have a beautiful place in in the South of France um, where they're happily retired right now. Um, It's just, it's so great to see that, but that's where I believe that there can be more than one person for you out there. I don't think there's necessarily necessarily just one person for you as a soulmate. I think there are definitely other people out there for you. I want to I want to go in and ask you and probe you and ask mm. you what do you think what do you firstly what do you think the word soulmate means mm-hmm. and then how you understand a soulmate should look like Yeah That's a good question I think for me a soulmate I identify a soulmate being someone who has the same dreams and ambitions and who can treat you proper and Someone who is very similar to you in a lot of respects, but can also be very independent on their own and can be their, I don't know, who can be authentic in their own way. So mm-hmm. they're not just mirroring you and, you know, being a reflection to you, but they help you grow and help you develop and help you, I don't know, they just help you pave the way of where you want to be in life, but they support you through doing that. I feel like that's what you and I do to each other as well. You yeah, know, like I, I always think, I think the word you're looking for is compliment each other. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, you and I we compliment each other in a lot of ways, but we've also support one another. But I think that's what soulmates truly are. I think they just like they're both strong pillars on their own. They're both very strong, independent and authentic pillars on their own. But I think together they support one another through thick and thin. And yeah. What what about you? What do you define as a soulmate? Like, how do you identify soulmates for you? I think energetically speaking, somebody that's a soulmate is someone that you're like constantly being like pulled towards. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that like really just you're almost like a magnet and you can't mm-hmm. expect or you can't feel anything but constantly wanting to be around them. Not necessarily mm-hmm. in like a like a codependent way but in a I feel like I must have this person around in my life it feels at least in my mind I think that it would feel like someone who you have this deep connection with that you can't really put your quite like your finger quite on it Mm -hmm. like what it is but I think that it's one of those things when you know you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I've met people that are soulmates that just weren't the person or like the timing wasn't right or the person, mm-hmm. the circumstances weren't right and we weren't right for each other at the time. Yeah. And I think that a soulmate that happens to align with your life at the time is probably a person that you're going to date. But yeah, I think I, I think that it's one of those things like they have to compliment you. They have to push you to be a better version of yourself and really allow you to grow. Like mm-hmm. um, actually, Matthew said this one time, like he thinks that the difference between friends and family or like any of that is the fact that like family will push you to be better. And I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes friends like will stray away from the uncomfortable Mm-hmm. But the people that you're really close with, the people that you are soulmates with, like they will push you to make the tough decisions or mm-hmm. help you through those tough times, right? I feel like totally. I've done that for you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think in the past, I, you know, just looking back at my past relationships, I've definitely obscured the line between what I thought was a soulmate or, you know, um, someone who... I could see myself being with in the future and seeing someone who's not quite a twin flame, but someone who's just there as like a really, really good friend. And I think I've obscured the line um, in the past a couple of times with past relationships where, Mm -hmm. you know, I was them, I was with them for 
a fairly long time, um, let's say like three to three and a half years with this, um, um, with this person. And so I thought like, oh, you know, I could possibly end up with them. But Mm -hmm. in my heart, I knew that that wasn't what I wanted. And I knew that our paths didn't quite align either. Mm. And so I, I think I almost moved my path away. I, I, you know, pivoted myself away from that and built myself my own, you know, paved myself my own way um, through developing myself, through developing my, my network and my career. And I noticed that my, um, my partner at the time wasn't quite there to support me through that. Mm. Um, it was a little bit passive aggressive. It just wasn't very supportive in the way that I needed to be supported. And mm. so I think I, I realized then that that was not my soulmate. That was not the person that I want to be with. Yeah. And I think in that moment in time, I realized that we were really just very, very good friends. And I think that that was, you know, a calling to me. And I was just like, okay, this is definitely not the person I want to be with for the rest of my life. Um, This is not my calling. um, And I have to go my separate ways. And so I think there are people out there for you, like you've mentioned before, who are, um, who are there to, you know, help you create these different experiences, help you um, become a better person with these different experiences and these different life lessons to become the person that you are today, but they're not necessarily soulmates. You know, they're just people who have inserted themselves as bookmarks in different chapters of your life. Yeah. And that's um, beautiful. That's actually so (laughs) so poignant, but, but it's true though. They're just, you know, little bookmarks that you can leave or like little post-it notes that you can leave in, in the different chapters of your life, but you can just close that chapter and you can just move on. But, um, I, I don't think that they're soulmates. And I think I've definitely obscured that in the past with them, especially my first high school boyfriend. I was like, Oh yeah. I was like super naive. I was like, yeah, this this person's my, you know, definitely my soulmate, but yeah. We keep, we kept arguing. We had this really really toxic relationship, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is not what a soulmate should be. It shouldn't be this hard to like keep a relationship. It shouldn't be this difficult to to be with someone as well." And so, mm-hmm. I think a soulmate in that sense is well, obviously someone who's not toxic or is not like um, encouraging a toxic relationship, but someone who who is there to support you and there to nourish your relationship and um, to grow together. So. I would definitely say that I've been through my fair share of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I think you have to cut yourself some slack um, Mm -hmm. in the fact that like, I know that, you know, you possibly had those like rose colored glasses on with your first relationship, but like, as does everyone, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we're teenagers, we're growing up and we're learning what adult healthy relationships are supposed to look like and we have (sighs) to get through some shitty relationships to figure out what's actually right for us (laughs) yeah and yeah I mean like you know me I'm I'm a little soft human being um and I have a lot of strong feelings and so when when someone hurts me or like when Mm -hmm. a relationship goes south that it like takes a huge toll on me because I'm Mm -hmm. so sensitive um although you know i don't i don't want to be sensitive like that's one thing that i wish that i i could get out of my system mm-hmm. um but um in the time that i had my previous relationship which was also toxic it was like my longest relationship that i had um there was a lot of healing that needed to be done after that mm-hmm. and ironically over time as I you know started dating other people and like meeting other people and getting to know others what I realized I hate to quote Lizzo but like I'm my (laughs) soulmate like I really gotta resonate with that you know Mm -hmm. and like be good with myself and it helped me learn so much about what I need and what my standards should be for a relationship Mm -hmm. and I think you could say the same for yourself Oh, most definitely. (laughs) And so, um, I, I learned this just recently. I think you and I had a discussion about this, but I think I was a little confused between, um, soulmates and twin flames. And I didn't quite know what twin flames was or what the terminology meant. Um, I think I was a little bit confused if, um, as to if they were the same thing or if they were slightly different. Yeah. And, um, I like looked it up and I think, 
the first relationship I had was definitely not a soulmate of mine. He was definitely not a soulmate, but I think we were twin flames because we kept coming back to each other over and over again, no matter how intensive the relationship was. But yeah, it was just very emotional, like a a huge whirlwind of emotions. But um, when I looked up the definition for a twin flame, Mm -hmm. um, they say that in spiritual, um, spiritual teaching, twin flames are two halves of one soul that have united to teach each other profound lessons. Interesting. And so this kind of like high level soul-based connection Mm -hmm. isn't always about romance, but it's about spiritual growth or like personal growth and development. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, through this, you see the world slightly differently and it pushes you to want to engage with, you know, a different shift within your own perspective. Um, but you won't necessarily stay together forever. So Mm. apparently it's like, um, very intense emotions, sometimes painful, um, within the relationship, but it's like looking into a mirror. So it's like a reflection of yourself within Mm. another person. Yeah. That's so interesting that you say that because like now I'm thinking back to my my big relationship that went downhill and like I would definitely argue that we were we would we were twin flames as well because mm-hmm. the fact is is that we had a lot of like we didn't have a lot of similarities but our like aura and like our energies were very similar Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, I think that it was like a very intense connection for the both of us to the Mm -hmm. point where like, we had a really hard time letting go. Right. Um, I mean, so much so that like he tried getting in touch with me plenty of times after we had broken up. Oh no. Um, and I think that, I think that I took away what I needed to learn from that relationship Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, it, it was so intense and so painful. Like it was mm-hmm. really painful. And I definitely feel like looking back, I could see the mirror being like him mirroring what I needed to see. Mm-hmm. Because the fact is, is that there were so many, so many things that happened that hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I realized that part of it was also me letting that happen. Right. And his behavior and like the way that he went about doing things, I excused that behavior. So it just kept happening over and over again. Right. right? But it was being constantly shown to me. But I just mm-hmm. ignored it because, you know, all all red fi- all red flags are green at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you so love and you yeah, learn. I, yeah, I totally I totally understand and empathize with that but I've grown a lot mm-hmm. since then and I I un, like I mean the same goes for you yeah I, I say this to so many of my friends and I'm gonna say it again but I feel like you have to have that one really really awful horrendous relationship to like really know what you want and really um be able to appreciate what you have at the at the moment or what you like what you want in your future relationship mm. um and yeah, I think we both had that. So I think, you know, onwards and upwards to the next. Onwards so. and upwards from here, girl. <laughs> can only go up from here. <laughs> but that brings me to my next point. Do you think that you can, you can live your life without having a quote unquote romantic soulmate. We've touched on this a little mm-hmm. bit, but like do you think we can live our lives without having a soulmate? I I don't know. I feel like I'm a huge realist. Um I'm not trying to be pessimistic whatsoever, but I feel like as a human being, we we can totally live without a soulmate. Um I think that's fine. Well actually, hmm, sorry, let me just retract that slightly. <laughs> I think we can live without romantic soulmates. I think there are always people out there for you, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having a platonic or friendly soulmate, like mm-hmm. you and I, having mm-hmm. that one person, whether it's like a, a family member or a best friend or someone that you can just like rely on as a support system, I think having that yeah. is extremely important to to you, like your well-being and to the way that you learn and and 
you know, have your life ahead of you as well. I think that's truly important. However, having a romantic soulmate or like a romantic um, person who's like meant to be with you through thick and thin and who's meant to be there through the end of things, no matter what, I, I'm not too sure if I agree with that. I think you can live your life without a romantic soulmate. And I think that there isn't just one person there out for uh, out there for you. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that one. Uh, what do you think? I mean, um, I love to quote, <laughs> I love to quote sex in the city. There's this one quote that one of the characters who is like a huge romantic, um, mm-hmm. she's like a crazy romantic and she believes that, you know, marriage and having children is like her destiny and that's mm-hmm. everything that she believes. And, you know, at some point she gets to the end of her rope and she's just so done. Mm-hmm. And she says to her friends, she says, maybe we can be each other's soulmates and then we can let men be these great, nice guys to have fun with. I love and, that. <laughs> and I was like, that is so freaking cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that just goes to goes on to say, like, you know, it's been a really long time since I've been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I over I think I felt a lot of like familial pressure to, you know, figure that whole stuff out with like finding love and finding marriage and doing that whole thing. But um the fact is is that over time, I've just realized that soulmates may not be a thing. Like mm-hmm. you, I've also seen in my family, aside from my parents, because my parents were the exception. Um, mm-hmm. But I've seen, you know, both of my cousins who were married, they also got divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been dealing with that and learning from that. And mm-hmm. I think that there are so many things that we need to think about aside from romantic soulmates. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that having that personal connection, having people that you can share your hopes, your fears, your dreams with, um, whether it's a family, friends, that matters more long-term than having a romantic soulmate. I, I completely agree. Yeah. And as, I mean, I don't want to say that this is sad or anything, but I feel, and I'm sure you can completely relate with this as well but I think as an only child I've always strived to maybe fill that void of like having a you know another sibling or having a brother or sister to like share these memories with and so I've always wanted to like strive to you know go traveling somewhere and like share these memories with someone or like Mm. have these different experiences like culinary experiences or like you know watching different movies and stuff I think like it's so great to like share all those experiences with someone Mm-hmm. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic soulmate. Like you can totally yeah. be like just the best friend yeah. um, or a family member as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I think both my parents, they're so, so special to me. And I have such a wonderful relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like they can be my soulmates too, because yeah. I've had such great experiences traveling with them, such great memories, like yeah. um, doing such fun activities. Like why, why can't they be my soulmates, you know? Um. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Like, I align with that. Like, my mom and my dad, I pretty much go and I see them whenever I can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, we were like a family unit um, Mm -hmm. for full disclosure. Like, the remainder of my family lives in India. And it's been me, my mom and my dad for pretty much from when I lived in the UK till now. Um, And it's always just been us and we're always a three person unit and we do like everything together, traveling together, you know, moving everything. So it's, um, I I agree with you. Like, I think anybody can be your soulmate as long as they, they align with you on this like spiritual soul plane, like Mm -hmm. exactly like you mentioned before. Yeah. I, I also feel that, you know, there's a lot of pop culture and films and movies that have impacted and almost like shape shifted our mindset and like ideologies um, on what's deemed as like a soulmate and like mm-hmm. what we what we see as like a happily ever after um, with like gendered stereotypes and whatnot. And so I just have this like little anecdote from Martin Griffin, who's an expert on the cultural perceptions of work and organization at the Durham University in the UK. And he stated that Disney is quite 
pervasive within our modern culture. Mm. And so the home videos, like many of which that we've all grown up to like love, um, these videos and films expose kids over and over again to the ideas um, in these films of, you know, happily ever after, finding Prince Charming, um, mm. finding this romantic love, especially in like earlier Disney movies. And so, you know, if they were doing this from a young age, it's bound to have, you know, a really, really large impact on these children's mindsets. Yeah. And so like, even on the surface, if like these kid-friendly cartoons, you know, they might seem completely harmless as means of entertainment, but some researchers have raised real concerns about the subliminal lessons that these films can contain. So like, um, there's been a lot of criticism on the way that, you know, a lot of children's films and films from today, um, well, children's films like from Disney and like more modern films today, mm-hmm. how they've portrayed gender, you know, race, cultural stereotypes and all that. And so I feel that we need to educate young girls and women that they should not be passive, like, you know, Disney princesses at all, yeah. and they should not solely be ob- objects of affection and only focus on finding their happily ever afters. Oh my gosh. Like I totally, I totally agree with that. But also as fun as rom-coms are to watch, like, unfortunately they perpetuate a lot of these stereotypes. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the constant one that I keep seeing is like finding your other half and like doing this whole thing. And, um, that actually reminds me of a story of a friend of mine and, uh, he was in a relationship with someone before Mm -hmm. and that person, they, they emphasize so much of like, what romantic comedies were like and then Mm -hmm. they expected those behaviors or grand gestures or uh, like those unrealistic expectations that come with romantic comedies in a real life relationship Mm -hmm. right and it's like people don't have the money or the film budget for that no (laughs) you know it's a huge facade yeah yeah and so it, it was just it was so hard because like sometimes relationships are freaking boring like they're so boring (laughs) um and but it's those moments of like boringness that really solidify intimacy between Mm -hmm. you and your other person and so not everything has to be this like constant push and pull and I think it also helps or sorry not helps but I feel like it is also a further detriment to dating culture because that like hot and cold playing hard to Mm -hmm. get that whole thing is stereotyped in romantic comedies you know what I mean definitely yeah I can definitely see that and um what's that movie with like Justin Timberlake and then there's like like, friends and friends with benefits friends with benefits and there's one with like Ashton Kutcher oh that's no strings attached it was literally released in the same year but it's I know it's the same movie but with the gender roles reversed Exactly. And it's just so bizarre because Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are together in real life and they have children and stuff, <laughs> but they're in both separate movies about the exact same thing. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's it's movies like that where, um, you know, they're rom-coms with like, you know, very well-known people and actors in it, but they're giving out wrong information and like misinformation about like what relationships should be. And so I think young people and especially females are drawn to that because they're like, oh, this is this is what I aspire my relationship to be like. And they're almost romanticizing that push and pull, like you mentioned before, of that relationship. And it really, it really shouldn't have to be that difficult at all. But I think that pop culture today has impacted the way that we visualize relationships. And um, yeah, it's just detrimental to the relationships that we have with like, future partners too but um... on a on a total tangent I feel like this also affects men as Mm -hmm. well because I know we placed an emphasis on women in this specific discussion but I feel like it totally affects men as well because Mm -hmm. this whole idea of like this is a such a tangent but like this whole idea of men and women not being able to be friends which is what the base point is of friends with benefits and no strings Mm -hmm. attached and the original when Harry met Sally right Mm -hmm. is the fact that men and women can't be platonic friends and it's so deep rooted in misogyny the fact that like women are going to catch feelings and men 
are, you know, just horny all the time. So they can't be like, you know, best friends with the person like in what world? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, you have plenty of like male best friends and so do I as well. Like Ryan, for example, like (laughs) he's literally the most platonic male best friend that I have. And Mm. I could never like ever see us getting into a relationship at all. And I Mm -hmm. think that this whole idea of like those romantic comedies with the push and pull and like that that dynamic between a man and a woman is really detrimental to male and female relationships especially of male and female relationships that are heterosexual you know what i mean absolutely But just to jump back a little bit about, you know, how films and movies today have like really impacted and shaped our, um, shaped our mindsets. Um, I just want to like go back to gendered stereotypes just a little bit more mm. because like, I feel like there's so many, especially Hallmark, oh my <laughs> you know, gosh, Hallmark's just so known. <laughs> exactly. They're so known for like their rom-coms. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of rom-coms. Like I love my horror movies and like sci-fi thrillers and stuff and less <laughs> psychological thrillers. Maybe I'm just like a twisted person, who knows? <laughs> but um, I I have a problem with rom-coms um, and gendered stereotypes because there's always this like um, damsel in distress or like princess mm-hmm. narrative that leads young females to believe that we should like strive to find our soulmate and like our one true love yeah. and that, you know, that love conquers all. But mm-hmm. does it, does it really, you know? And yeah. as much as I love... And I watched this movie recently during Christmas. Um, oh, oh my God, I'm just blanking right now. Uh, fuck, what's that movie with like um, Aaron Rick, Alan Rickman? Oh, uh, Love Actually. Yes, Love Actually. That's one movie that I thoroughly enjoy. But I watched it again with Ivor, and he kept pointing out that like all these people are having like terrible relationships yes, with one another. They're so dysfunctional. All of Absolutely. those relationships are dysfunctional. And he's like, "Wow, are we truly watching this holiday like rom com about all these like broken relationships and how they're actually like trying to pursue other relationships, even though they're like still having a relationship with like their you know." first person I was like I never really thought about that I thought this was just like a harmless really cute rom-com but I like looked in deeper and I was like holy shit you're so right these are all like terrible relationships also Alan Rickman character is like probably the worst one of them all (laughs) might I add um love him nearly R.I.P but it's just like his character was just like oh my god no the worst horrible I um you know what uh to any of you that have seen love actually and you have this mindset of like wow this is so romantic this is like one of the best romantic comedies ever false this is false (laughs) and I want you to watch this video by the take and it is talking about the dysfunction that is specific to love actually I will send it to you Annika and you can watch it and they go in like wonderful deep detail about it I love um, video essays about films so please send it my way yes but like, I totally yeah, will I I when I first watched that movie I think I was probably like you know a whole bottle of wine deep in so I was like feeling some sort of like emotional connection to this like I was yeah. going through a weird time and like yeah. second year university but I was like bawling and yeah. I was like this is such a good rom-com like yeah. I don't usually like rom-coms and then I watched it again recently with Ivor. I was like holy shit these are all like toxic relationships yeah but you know, they're all with this narrative of like trying to find your true love and trying to find that one person for you, yeah. even if it means um, disrupting your previous relationship, even though you mm-hmm. haven't like broken up with the person. I think that's so, that's not setting the right tone to people who do watch that movie and, you know, to, to other movies as well, who provide the same narrative and provide the same like um, ideas as well. It's just, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just strange. What um, I would, uh, sorry, now I'm like going on like, okay, as much as you don't like rom-coms, I, okay, I'm with you. I love horror movies, but I also love the crap out of rom-coms. Mm-hmm. And what I would recommend for you to watch is The Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Okay. It is one of my favorite movies because mm-hmm. there is like a romantic comedy side to it, but the premise of the the movie is that Queen Latifah who's like this she works in retail and she's this like this store clerk mm-hmm. and uh she hits her head by accident at work one day and she gets taken to the hospital oh, no. and they find out that she has this like 
life-threatening terminal disease. Oh my God, Um, that's so sad. And so what she decides to do is she decides that she's going to live the last three weeks of her life to the best of her ability. Mm -hmm. And as um, as she like goes off and does all of these daring things, she learns so much about herself Mm -hmm. and like she tries all of these things that she's never done before. And she becomes like this bright, joyful person that she's always wanted to be, but she's always hidden that down. Um, Mm -hmm. And then as you go on, you find out in the movie that she actually isn't having a life-threatening disease and she isn't going to die. Oh, thank God. So (laughs) she just like is doing the most with her Mm -hmm. life and her romantic interest who is like another person that works at the store basically is like coming to where she is to tell her that she isn't dying. Um, And it's just, it's such a great movie because it's this journey of like self discovery Mm -hmm. with a touch of romance at the very Mm -hmm. end. And I feel like that is more realistic (laughs) for relationships in general. I feel like most of the time, and you said, you said, you've said this, but um that most people tend to find relationships when they're like least looking for it and when they're working Mm -hmm. on themselves. And I feel like that is a very realistic example of that. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I'll have to check it out this weekend then. Yes, please do. It's on Amazon prime. Yeah. I I love, I love movies that are just a little bit more realistic than just, you know, sugarcoating everything with like, Oh, this is like how we're romanticizing how relationships are meant to be like, you know, I think that's, that's a little bit like more of a realistic take and very similar to, I'm not too sure if we've mentioned this before on our podcast, but how to be single. We have I really, mentioned really, it before, but I freaking uh, love that movie. Oh, it needs to be mentioned again. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Not because like I was going through a breakup, um, but it was just, oh, it was so empowering and refreshing to watch that because, you know, she was just doing whatever she needed to do to like be on her own and then at the end she didn't like get with anyone she like didn't get into a relationship like she was just totally fine with being on her own and I think that's just a wonderful takeaway because you don't need to you know be codependent with someone you can just perfectly be on your own be super independent and there's no need to find a man or another partner it's just you know you can just thrive on your own well, my my favorite part about that, too, is that like the the whole movie, it sets her up as this like serial relationship person mm-hmm. or like serial dater. She's someone that constantly needs like male attention and like she'll do anything to like float in and out of relationships. And mm-hmm. she feels very uncomfortable when she's on her own. And you can like see that in her body and the way she carries herself when she's single. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes on and she learns more about herself and she gets comfortable with being herself she carries herself in like such a different way with so much more confidence and like self-assurance and I think that that is the kind of lessons that we need to teach young women and men about Mm -hmm. romantic relationships you do not need a relationship or quote-unquote have another half you should be whole on your own and find someone to compliment you and I love that. Like share the journey of life with. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bitch. But I do see a lot of that character in you. Um, honestly, I, I really do. Cause like through your past relationship and through being single, you have found this like newfound love of like pushing yourself forward through, you know, your career, through surrounding yourself with friends virtually obviously right now because <laughs> we're in a panini we're in a middle we're in a panorama <laughs> we're in a, we're in a panorama we're in a you know panero right now um we're in a patagonia so <laughs> um i was gonna say panago i i like i, I miss said panago but we're in the middle of panago right now um but yeah you're just taking the time to have that self-development and um, you know, you're pushing yourself to go to the gym, you're eating healthy, you're making your own food, like you're self-sufficient and you're super independent by yourself. Like you're not in no ways leaning on anyone else, but you do have a support system with you no matter what. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. You go girl. <laughs> that's Thank all, that's all I gotta that say. Makes so. Me feel so good. And yeah. honestly, I was, I was having a conversation with one of my other friends, um, last week. It was so interesting talking to her and saying like, wow, for the first time in a very long time, I've set some boundaries for myself with certain people in my life. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in a very long time, I feel so content 
being on my own. Oh, like my, my goal, this is a goal, an arbitrary goal, mind mm-hmm. you, um, that I set for myself was that I want to go, I want to go a day without longing for a relationship. And I know that seems so like, wow, you like longed for a relationship every day. And I'm like, yeah, there was a, there was a time when, you know, it's so hard when you see like your friends, pretty much literally all of your friends being in a relationship, um, especially your really good friends. So, you know, it eats away at you over time, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of gotten to this point where it's like, I can go a day without caring whether or not I'm in a relationship. Like I have so much going on that I don't have the mental space mm-hmm. to think about a relationship and I'm thriving and I'm feeling so good and I haven't felt this self-confident and like happy and secure in myself in mm-hmm. like four or five years, <laughs> which is wow. such a long time. So it's such a liberating mm-hmm. feeling to be where I am right now. Good. and I. I will do everything in my life to make sure that other young women and men realize that a relationship is a complement to your life and it shouldn't be present to fulfill you. Mm-hmm. It took me so long to learn that lesson, so long through so much bullshit and crap that now it's like, okay, I'm here. I'm present in the moment and I'm enjoying the journey that is life with no pressure or expectations on mm-hmm. me, you know? Yeah. And you know what? I I truly pity the next guy that you're going to be with because he's going to have to deal with your independence and you being so strong-willed and so like, you know, because you're such an you know empowered person at this time right now. Um, and you have been for so long as well. So I already really pity the fool who <laughs> comes along because you're going to have to pencil him in into your schedule, girl. Like you're going to have to pencil him in for exactly, ooh, I don't know, on Tuesday. Ooh, I'm kind of busy. So maybe next Thursday, though, I've got a window for like maybe half an hour. I can probably see you then, you know? <laughs> you know what's crazy about that is that like if COVID wasn't a factor, that would be my life. <laughs> I can totally see it. Cause you're just, you're thriving. You're so busy with all the work that you're doing right now. Like you're just enjoying life as it is yeah. like this, this poor guy is going to have to like, He's sorry, buddy, next month. No, I'm saying yeah. <laughs> settle for nothing less. Yeah. You know, previously you mentioned that you have had this, you know, you're dealing with this external factor of having your friends who are constantly in relationships and then Mm -hmm. also having, um, you know, you've mentioned before to me a couple of times that your parents also try to put this external pressure on you as well to to find a person, um, which can be really, really hard for you to hear at times just because, you know, you're so you're just doing so well in yourself, um, doing so well with yourself right now. I feel like there's almost a societal and cultural standard to finding this like one true love and the soulmates mm-hmm. and really having an emphasis on like finding your other half. And I feel like this is very, very different between Western societal standards as well as like Asian cultural standards totally. um, where there's huge divides between um, what they see in a potential partner mm-hmm. um, as a long-term partner and as a... Um, you know, as a partner to create a family with. So there's like a lot of differences between parenting, um, having children, creating a family. And then again, also being open or not being as overt to having divorces and remarriages and also having like one single partner to be with for the rest of your life. And I feel like this, this difference between the different societal and cultural standards, it could derive from different cultures with different mindsets And, you know, one is more right or wrong than the other, but each culture holds different values and ideas of what it means to find a partner to like raise a family and to find this, to find this like one soulmate. And I think 
like finding a lifelong partner for many people originally came from marrying into status and retaining family wealth and financial security. But I don't think that that's the case anymore um, for a lot of different cultures. Yeah, it was. I was just about to hop in and say, like, for sure, the first thing that came to mind when it came to Asian cultural standards was a sense of security Mm -hmm. that that is like the constant emphasis that I've heard from my mom, like, you know, the like you getting married, that will make sure that you are settled, like, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, settled. And in her mind, that means that it's secure. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean that external factors won't cause divorce or remarriage or any of those issues that regular people run into in their relationships. And I feel like with these different cultures, um, I think they, you know, they have very different mindsets because for Western cultures, they have a very individualistic um, mindset, whereas mm-hmm. Asian cultures have a very collectivism, um, have a very collective mindset. And so I did a little bit of research here. Um, mm-hmm. This also like goes back to my um, higher level psycholo- um, psychology days back in like IB. Yeah, But I just wrote here, like, the individualism stresses individual goals and the rights to the individual person, while Mm -hmm. collectivism focuses on group goals and what is best for the collective group and Mm -hmm. personal relationships. An individualist might be more motivated by personal rewards and benefits. Um, You know, they really focus on and elevate uniqueness Mm -hmm. and independence and self-sufficiency. And so these people set personal goals and objectives based on self, while the collectivist is motivated by group goals. Long-term relationships are very, very important to them. Mm -hmm. And so collectivists, um, persons easily sacrifice individual benefits um, or praise to recognize and honor the team's or like family's success. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you know, they're more family-orientated. Um, especially when it comes to like raising children and then the inverse of children taking care of the parents and elders. Mm -hmm. And I think I can definitely see this for like a lot of Asian cultures, whereas um, individualism is definitely more associated with Western mindsets and societal standards. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Uh, Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you find that as someone that's, you know, your half, right? Do you mm-hmm. find that you struggle with with balancing the two sides of like Western societal standards and Asian cultural standards when it comes to relationships or expectations? Um, I'd say yes and no. My mom definitely has a very like very laxed and Western mindset. So she's very okay with me like, you know, taking my time. There's no sort of pressure to get married right away. Mm. With that being said, she didn't send me a message just yesterday saying like, oh, if you and I ever want to settle down, you know, we could like help in with the mortgage and down payments. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> I feel like this man's needs to like cook and like live on his own and do his own laundry first before like doing anything um, <laughs> for like living together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, w- whereas like I, while I do feel like there's not a lot of pressure for me to like, um, get married right away I think there's still this pressure of you know finding that someone settling down with someone um creating families oh my god my mom loves to talk about like having grandchildren I feel like (laughs) she can be like a little bit bored sometimes so she's just like you know looking forward to like having her only child have some children so (laughs) um but I think like my dad he's oh my god he's so chill like he's just like honey take your time you know do things in your own time he he really doesn't care <laughs> like, mm-hmm. as long as I'm happy, as long as I'm, um, you know, being taken care of and I'm happy and, um, I'm with someone who is loyal and who I can trust, who they can trust. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that really solidifies it for them so that, you know, they're, they know that I'm in, in good hands. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the main thing for them, but yeah, I, I don't feel like, there is too much of a clash between the two just because my parents have very similar mindsets and very similar values. Um, but yeah, I mean, from time to time, I do get like the little poke and prob of like having grandchildren and like <laughs> settling down and like being in the same household. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What about you? Um, so 
I, I mean, at least I find it's a little bit of a struggle for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just because, you know, I spent so much of my life living in Western countries and being raised here and like going through adolescence here. And so my understanding of what dating and marriage and stuff looks like, as much as I would love the picture perfect white picket fence, like marriage and relationship, I know from what I've experienced that life isn't always cookie cutter and it's like not going to happen that way, no matter Mm -hmm. how much I will it to happen. Because life has its own reins, like it's doing its own thing, right? And I'm just riding Mm. the wave. So I can't expect, I can't expect or like want certain things for myself. I mean, I can want them, but whether or not they'll happen is a completely different scenario and situation. But, you know, my mom, my dad's actually very similar to your dad in the fact that like he is like as long as you're happy as long as you're doing what brings you joy like that's all that matters and like I want you to be taken care of like in the way that it's like I want you to make sure that you're happy and you can take care of your own shit and Mm. I that's all I want for you and it's actually funny I had a conversation with my mom and my dad so for context my mom is like very let's get you married as soon as we can like Mm -hmm. that's that's the kind of mindset that she has and full disclosure my mom and my dad had a love marriage. They didn't mm-hmm. have an arranged marriage as most Indian people do have. And so my mom out here telling me that she's going to arrange my freaking marriage for me. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I don't think you'd be happy at all. I think that you'd be so opposed to that. Well, I mean, so, here's the thing, right? I just what I picture when my mom says she'll arrange a marriage for me is that she will pick what she thinks it's is best for me, not what I think is best for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's where like the mismatch is. But going back to the the story, the conversation that I most recently had with my mom and my dad. So we were sitting together and um, my mom obviously brings up the whole marriage relationship thing like she always does. Um, and my mom's like, aren't you worried? Like basically saying to my dad, Mm -hmm. like, aren't you worried about her not getting married and like her not settling down and doing any of this? And he just like, he was just silent for a second. And he says, no, not really. And she's like, why not? And he says, he says, well, you know, our job was to make sure that she got an education, mm-hmm. that she was a good kid and she grew up to like do good things in her life. And the rest of her life is up to her. Like, it's not up to good. me because she has to live it. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's just that it's it's weird to like manage expectations and I Mm -hmm. I go through the the same thing where it's like sometimes you you hear a little peep and you're like ah like (laughs) you you have this like internal panic button that goes off but like Mm -hmm. I think that I think that for a very long time not being able to balance the two is probably what caused me a lot of emotional turmoil Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years the fact that I felt a lot of pressure to be a certain way or do things a certain way was what caused a lot of emotional trauma for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that now having set boundaries and like focusing on the things that actually bring me joy and not having this thing in the back burner, just chirping every couple of weeks is really helping my mental health. Like I feel a lot better now because I feel like I finally am at a balance where it's like, I understand that you have these expectations of me, but you have to understand in the place and the life that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And who knows who's right anymore? Because you may think you know what's right. And Mm -hmm. I may think I know what's right, but we'll never know until we get there. Mm -hmm. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that with cultural standards it's just I think it's also an ageism thing as well because you know the relationships that we have today are so different from the ones that our parents have had and so like you mentioned traditional arranged marriages is something of the past to us I'm sure it's still you know happening to this day but it's just it's so rare and there's so few of those whereas 
love marriages are so much more common right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know if we discussed this on a previous podcast, but I think that's gonna be very different with like, you know, the pandemic and like yeah. dating the pandemic and dating with Tinder and all that. So that's gonna be very, very different. I think um, us as like millennials and Gen Z trying to find a relationship, it's just, it's so difficult right now, but it's just, it's just not in in the next foreseeable future for us, at least, you know, for you and I, but it is also, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting because I think we're also at that age where a lot of people are trying to settle down the moment. Um, And so there's tons of people who are getting engaged. Oh my gosh. Uh, I just found out that one of my friends got pregnant the other day. What? How old is she? She's married and she's okay. Thank God. Yeah, no, she's like, ready to have children she's always okay. wanted children so it's just like oh my god like it's <laughs> have you seen that meme where it's like when you find out your friend's pregnant and you start freaking out and they're like oh we wanted this and I was like oh really <laughs> <laughs> it was intentional <laughs> yeah this was intentional <laughs> um but yeah it's people are settling down and it's kind of scary mm-hmm. like um it's weird. I feel like, I don't know if you, you understand this feeling, but like when you see all of these things happening that you feel like the walls are kind of closing in on you, like the mm-hmm. metaphorical walls. Right. <laughs> um, and like, normally I would have freaked out by now, but I'm still staying pretty cool. <laughs> That's good. As you, as you should be as well, because you know, we're only 25, 26, yeah. um, as of like last week. So Ooh, happy birthday. You know, thanks. <laughs> but I, I feel like we still have so much of our life ahead of us and we have so much to experience. We have so much to see and do. And I just want so much more for us, um, with our careers and, um, with traveling, like you want to move elsewhere. Like you want to move to LA and you want to pursue your career there. And I think there's just so much to focus on in this time where, you know, we can put relationships in the back burner. We don't have to find that special someone for us right now. You know, there's no desperation. There's no need for that. Even though that was like heavily stigmatized before we're like, you know, we do have to find that person for us by 25. Like I'm sure you and I, um, you know, when we were younger, we're like, Oh, you know, 25 is so old. Like I would love to get married and settle down when we're 25. And here we are now with, um, you know, we're both still thriving and, you know, you're single. I'm not, but like, who cares? I'm not ready to settle down and get married just as of yet. And neither are you. And I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but you know, when it comes to um, having a single person for us and having a soulmate, heck, that doesn't have to be a partner. Like that could just be you and I, that could just be like friendships and platonic relationships. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, the, the world and the mindset of people are changing and are shifting and, and it constantly well, right? So yeah. I feel like more and more people are open to having divorces and wanting to have separation for whatever reason, you know, if it's like unhappy relationships or finances, or just because things just don't work out. And, you know, even though that's heavily stigmatized in Asian cultures, that's still an uprise. And I think that divorces are becoming less of a taboo thing. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that mindsets are always going to be shifting and changing and maybe soulmates and having a happily ever after won't be a thing anymore and it'll be a thing of the past and we can just go through the motions of like having a person for a specific um period of time to help us develop and to help us grow but we can also outgrow people like we've outgrown relationships in the past you know if it's a a friendship or a friendly relationship or um romantic relationships so yeah i think we're ever changing ever growing and we can just outgrow people as needed as like as depressing as that sounds but it's not meant to be depressing at all I swear Um, no I I just I just want to take this moment to say that like happily ever after doesn't mean what we all have learned that it means I think that for each single person happily ever after the idea of what that looks like could be different and it depends on who you are and the experiences that you've had in your life and like 
no soulmate or relationship should define that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe you do find your soulmate and that is what your life ends up being. But just because someone else doesn't have that doesn't mean that like they aren't going to have their version of happily ever after. It's Mm -hmm. whatever you want it to be. Absolutely. That's so perfectly said. And they shouldn't be seen as any lesser than someone who has found their person as well. You know, I think that like wraps it up nicely. I don't know. What do you think? I think so too. (laughs) Yeah. That was like, that was like bittersweet. It was like super sweet with like a really, really high note, but you know, yeah, yeah, I like that. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Where can people find us? You can find us on our socials at Here to Chit Talk on Instagram for more fun clips and sneak previews, or on our website, chittalkpodcast.com, for other episodes, blog posts, features, and more. Just more of us, you know, if you really enjoy listening to our voices like you are right now, then yeah, just, you know, tune in to our Instagram and <laughs> listen to us ramble. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye.